All right. Well, welcome back to this week's Table Talk. It is so good to be back. And this week we are excited uh, for you to join us in inviting and having uh, Miss Leslie Stewart here at the table with us. Welcome, Leslie. Thank you. Yeah. So you, Good I know you're involved in a lot of discipleship groups, but one thing I'm not sure everyone would know of yet uh, is that you are involved in Moms in Prayer. You guys yes. meet Sunday evenings, four thirty to six in the prayer room. Four thirty to six, and your one sort of sentence um, overview of what is Moms in Prayer? Ooh, one sentence. Okay. <laughs> um, so every week we discuss. A different attribute of God from Scripture. Mm. Okay. This is really important because it changes what and how we pray. Yeah. So a mom can come in feeling weighed down with concern for her child and leave uplifted through the prayers of the other moms. That's great. And um, I think God through them shows her that he is a loving father, loves her children more than she does, and knows what's best for them. Okay. Yeah, and then use her in the same way yeah. in the lives of the other moms. And then, of course, you're covering not only the moms there, the children, but the, the children of our community, our schools, yes. elsewhere, grandchildren, yes. et cetera. So yeah. thank you for that. It's very yeah. powerful. Yeah. And um, yeah. may the Lord continue to bless that group. But anyone's, everyone's welcome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, moms, thank grandmothers, yeah, Fantastic. all different seasons of life. Moms in prayer. Yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah. it's good thank to have you. you here today Thanks for this conversation as well. David, it's good to have you back. Good to be back. Welcome. Good to be back. Yeah. So yeah. this week we are in, we're still in part three, Journey to Jerusalem of our certainty study. We're in Luke chapter 13, mm-hmm. and really it's verses one through 35 with selected passages. Right. So we'll right. just kind of move in and out of that a bit. Uh, the, the narrow door is sort of the emphasis uh, to this passage. And with that, let's just start into it. Uh, Leslie, would you read Luke 13, just the first five verses, one sure. through five? Sure. That'd be great. There were some present at the very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them, Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Wow. Um, There's so much here. And and David, you know, honestly, when I saw the total passage for this week, I had no idea where you were going because you could have gone anywhere and stayed, you know, a whole sermon on like three or four of these verses. And obviously the Lord led you to some wonderful... um, um, conversation some teaching on repentance and we'll get to that and that's really sort of the second part to this i mm-hmm. think but this first passage as well i just kept thinking about prosperity gospel i kept thinking about something called retribution mm-hmm. theology uh, is that a familiar term leslie would you know that term retribution theology i believe so yeah how, how what does that mean to you when you hear that well, I like the way that you worded it. Like you just, you just, you get what you deserve. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus is sort of saying, "Well, that's not exactly it." Right. Uh-huh. But a lot of us think it is. I think a lot of people in its time 
thought it was. Like oh, his yeah. disciples asked him, Lord, who sent uh, this man? That's right. His parents said he was born blind. They just assumed that one of them was at fault because something bad apparently had happened yeah. to him. So this isn't a one-off teaching. Right, right. Uh, and, and I would think it was probably driven by the Pharisees and other religious leaders. Mm-hmm. Right, who said, look at us, we have it pretty good. It must be that we're more godly than you. Right, right. Yeah. So where did it originate from? Like where, where did they get that from? Well, they say power corrupts and absolute power corrupts, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I, I think it probably sort of grew into their roles of authority where just as abuse of all mm, sorts of things power. did mm-hmm. possibly mm-hmm. I, that's first that's a great question that's sort of my like knee-jerk kind of first thought um do we see it elsewhere in old testament well i you know when when moses gives the israelites the blessings and curses do this and this will happen okay. don't mm-hmm. do this or do that the bad things and these curses will happen and and uh, perhaps in Jesus' time, you know, there were those who really put God in a box. Everything bad that's happened meant you've done badly or vice versa. Okay. Jesus makes it clear you, you can't put God in a box like that. That's, yeah, that's not really the way the world works. He, he's, he's redefining sort of the, um, the calls of suffering and the calls of, con- mm-hmm. or the calls of circumstances. Right. Right. Um, that had to have been kind of confusing, though. To a degree, right? Well, perhaps, but he was also warning his disciples throughout that they would suffer, that he would suffer, he'd be rejected. Even the prophet said he was a a, a man of sorrows, suffering, acquainted with grief. That's right. He would suffer, told them they would suffer. He talked about it a good bit. Yeah, well, and surely many of his prophets did too, Mm -hmm. God's prophets. And so if we looked strictly the Old Testament, you would have thought that the Pharisees and leaders would have said, look at these great prophets. Are we saying they were ungodly? But what a great, um, I also think kind of the history, this is the historical insight this week. If you start on page 144, it's 145, I believe. But uh, this tower of, uh, you had said Siloam or Salom or Siloam. Siloam. I'm, I'm not sure. I think Leslie said it right. Yes. Oh, right. Siloam. <laughs> <laughs> because it's most often acquainted with the, that pool. word, the pool, the pool. Yeah. of Siloam that we see in Scripture. And I think we won't go into it, but it was a area of the city. Uh, it was an area that was well known, but this tower apparently it was a great catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Some calamity had happened, and in my mind, I sort of take it as if we said, uh, in modern equivalency, is do you suppose all of those who came to their, you know, fell to their death or were caught in the towers, the World Trade Towers, do you suppose that they were all greater sinners? Is what Jesus is saying, and apparently that was the argument or the the defense of that, and. Um, it sounds like he's saying, well, n- no, we're all just one calamity mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. There's a more important question here, mm-hmm. which is the question you got at mm-hmm. as well. So I, I really like that first, um, that first section to sort of set the stage, not only the suffering, but it, it can also be, again, when we talk about prosperity gospel, um, that, um, how that fits into them. So uh, both the, the martyrs, those the Galileans, but um, this tower. And he says, but no, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Ooh. That tough language again. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
that tough language. Well, let me look at the second part. Or David, would you read the second part, actually? Yeah, verses— And we're going to skip now to verses 22. 22 to 27. 22 to 27. Right. That'd be great. He went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter, will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, open to us, then he will answer you, I do not know where you come from. Then you will begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me all you workers of evil. Okay, so the bridge to repentance, the the parish versus what must have been this idea of, well, how many will perish? How many will be Mm -hmm. saved? Mm -hmm. Um, David, what's the most important sort of teaching in there? Is Is it for us to worry about how narrow that door is and if we'll even be allowed in? Well, I do think it's a sober warning. Okay. And, you know, Jesus gave some very strong warnings about being ready for his return. Yeah. He, on a number of occasions, called his disciples to watch, to be ready, to be prepared, because you don't know the day yeah. or the hour. And, um, but in, in terms of the narrow door, I think it's, as we said yesterday, <clears throat> repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. It's not just repentance. Um, without the gospel, yeah. repentance, you know, uh, doesn't get us into the kingdom. Jesus yeah. himself is the door. He is the way. But he calls for repentance and faith, trust in his saving work, I think. Hmm. The billboard. Mm. Repent? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> it, it's They're out there. Uh, yeah. I, it'd be nice to see the gospel with it. <laughs> right. Rather than just the word repent. Repent um, and, yeah. Uh, repent yeah. to what, not just from what. Do you read this, and are you struck by? Um, what, well, how are you struck when you when you read this warning here? Well, one of the things that sticks out to me is the narrow door. So there is the implication that if there's a narrow door, then is there a wide oh. door? I mean, and. <laughs> Culturally, I'm thinking, because he's saying the narrow door, they know what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And is there any cultural um, significance or relevance to that? Like, I was thinking the uh, scripture about, you know, it's easier for um, a rich man to enter the kingdom of God than a camel to go through the eye of the needle, and that was a part of the the gate so i i was just wondering um if either of you knew anything of about a, the, the narrow gate is like in the home is there a wide gate <laughs> or a wide sorry a wide door narrow door i don't know if that's some sort of contextual, you know, example that he gave. I do know, you know, he also used it as the gate, right? Um, mm. And um, it, it seems like the, the, the context of actual this part of the narrative, 
uh, you know, we talked about, and even it says here, he's on his way to Jerusalem. Again, we're reminded of this in 22, journeying mm-hmm. toward Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So we know it's getting more urgent. But at the same time, the other factor we see with this is the Jesus's own loss of popularity. The crowds had been following, and now we're dwindling down to mm-hmm. a few. And to me, it almost speaks of, don't be concerned. It is going to funnel down yes. to the genuine yeah. followers Mm-hmm. of my name just it so it seems like there was some intentionality behind it's narrowing yes and that uh, should be an encouragement yes. to you just because you're not in the, the the most popular group or the crowds aren't lifting you up when you're sent out mm-hmm. that should be um that should be a sign an affirmation maybe mm-hmm. to you but i don't know are you aware of anything like in the jewish house or that's like well I did look it up. Oh, yes. I knew you were setting us up for something. No, not setting you up. <laughs> um, well, no, I was just curious. Yeah, that's great. Tell and, us. Um, well, so the the whole narrowing, I, I just love the richness of the, the narrowing of, of everything here and the focus. And um, so... Um, even in the, the door, some of the pictures of the doors... Um, they talked about like the the door frames so they were graduating in like if you think about okay. the, the door frame or a windowsill okay so some would have two or three and one of the things i read said that solomon's temple was the only one they had ever found that had five F- narrowing the the door in even more like stages of sort of yeah phased in. yeah okay, okay. yeah it's, it was very huh. interesting and so then i thought okay solomon's temple so i start looking at diagrams of the temple and um you know it starts off with this large courtyard and you go in mm-hmm. and the space gets smaller sure, yeah. and then you go in and it gets smaller again until you're at the Holy of Holies, Holy place, yeah. which yeah. how many people went through that door? Yeah. But that's, yeah. that's an interesting thought. Never, never heard that before. Just, kind of that, that, just that, curious. That, yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it does seem, you know, I was looking here at the Matthew seven twenty three, mm-hmm. the other, you know, sort of teaching on depart. Many, many will say, Right, that, that uh, you know, come before me, and I came in your name, and they'll declare, "I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness." So, uh, there does seem to be again from the from the greater to the to the few, mm-hmm. right? That from the many to the few, mm-hmm. and just the price and the level of just true repentance mm-hmm. that's necessary. Um, of course, that doesn't really apply today. Why would you still say sitting. That? <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> well, duh, so, yeah. I mean, um, we would be, you know, well, we would be foolish, and we would, we would not be uh, accurate interpreters of Scripture if we were to think that the visible church represented all who will enter the narrow door. And I think that's why we'll talk in terms sometimes of the visible or the invisible church that the invisible church is who Jesus is talking about narrowing, those who have genuinely repented um, and have confessed and have belief and have a life that is bearing fruit and has been transformed versus those who just say, well, you know, if it's a survey, I'm a Christian 
or no, I do go to church or, or that sort of thing. So um, it, it applies certainly as equally as much or more today. And I think that's something we should just be aware of. Um, perhaps where we think we are being influenced or taught or just because it's in a certain setting or in a certain group or around a certain people um, that um, the grim reality, really, the tragedy, um, the sadness is perhaps um, unless brought to a point of true confession, many in our Sunday morning will, will sort of fall into what Jesus is teaching. Depart from me. I never knew you. Perhaps someone in our small group. Um, so the urgency, yes. right? To live it out, to, to teach truth, uh, to be perceptive to that. I love his focus here. Um, again, just that I, I was thinking about training for like a race or um, just any time you have set a goal. And can he see Jerusalem at this point? I don't believe so. Okay. I, yeah, I believe he's still on his way directionally. Some have said he's across the Jordan on the east side, and I forget what the reference was within 13, but... Okay. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm just being in sight or that feeling of, um, you know, if you've trained and you're looking at your watch and you know your time and, um, or uh, I don't driving, you know, a destination and you know where you're going and you're thinking, okay, well I've hit Durham and, and Carrie's next. And, um, that (laughs) kind of, um, intensity and increased focus of, I'm almost there. Yeah, yeah. And and I love the 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 question that they ask and that he doesn't answer it. I mean, he he does. And it made me think of the evangelism class that you um, and Alan taught in August and one week I think you did a role play or you talked about um you know, when you're talking to people sometimes and you know they're getting convicted and they want to kind of just get the heat off of them. Yeah, on somewhere else. And Mm -hmm. well, okay, well, what about my grandmother who, you know, and you, I think if I'm going to, I might not get it exactly right, but um, you said something to the effect of, well, we're we're not talking about them. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're let's talk about you. Let's yeah. talk about where you are on this spectrum. And that's what's going on here. Yes, you it just, is. I just realized that. Yes. Right. right? Well, 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 just a few be saved, and probably, perhaps, even asked, sort of, with the indication of, well, and including what about myself, me? exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. To be, and, and Jesus basically doesn't give the yes/no. He just says, "Here's what you need to do. Right. You strive." Don't worry right. about how many are the others. Or same thing he did in verses one through five. Don't worry about those the tower fell on. Yes, yeah. you all repent. Yeah. That's right. Everybody's yeah. got to repent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a convicting uh, yes. sort of because it may not be on matters of repentance or salvation, but the whole idea of comparative Christianity is generally, you know, what about yeah. them? Yeah. Well, then mm. we get back to of well, why did they die? Hmm. Why did they? Why did these people die and these people didn't die? Yeah. What differentiates them? Not apparently their uh, level of godliness 
right. or their repented heart. Right. Um, oh, that's great. That's great, Leslie. Well, let me, let me finish up this last passage here. Good stuff. Uh, this is 28 through 30, again, in chapter 13. And we read, in that place, again, this is from the depart from me, all you workers of evil. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but yourselves cast out. And people will come from east and west and from north and south and recline at table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. Mm. Now, we don't normally like to use that phrase, gnashing of teeth and weeping in, in a sermon or teaching, but um, gosh, the, the truth is the truth. And uh, there's so much here he's saying. I think, David, is this where you had mentioned that at this point as well, we can't rely on our heritage um, or our forefathers, perhaps, or our religious uh, sect that we have been a part of? This is what Jesus is really saying. If we boil this down, Jesus is basically saying, uh, trust me, you're going to look and and there's going to be your forefathers, but just because you are Jewish doesn't mean you're going to be with them. You're going to be at this other place. And not only that, but all nations, all people, north, south, east, west, will be reclining at table. Where did we hear that last? Where did we just hear reclining at table? When the master returned yes, and the, the servant who was waiting and ready, the master turned the tables, he had the servant recline at table, and he began to serve them. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So again, he picks up on this. Blessed are those who are ready, who have repented. Um, they will recline at table. That has been really encouraging for me the last couple of weeks. Um, of all my ways of thinking about what eternity might look like, of all the serving alongside, the worshiping, the, the, the work, whatever that is, meaningful work alongside right. God, to walk with God, um, to recline at table. That sounds restful. <laughs> that yeah. sounds like something that, with, you know, with, with others, whatever that is. But the way he has put, put that now twice sounds really encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> Rest. Yeah. Recline it. In the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And what does he mean by this last part, David? The, the last will be first and the first will be last. I mean, that's on many a coffee cup these days or 5K races or all kinds of places we use this. We just pull it out, and it's a bumper sticker, right? Well, I think Jesus said this in other places, too, Mm. about uh, pride and humility, servanthood and humility, and uh, the grace of you shall be the servant of all, and uh, used it in some of his parables. Yeah, Um, Seems to be kind of a a principle that he applies to certain kingdom realities. Yes. Um, And and it's not a definite... You know, I kind of said it, the last will be first to first. He says some of, some are last who will be first. Right. And some are first who will be last. Do you you think there's any connection here between, again, the Jewish people, the children of God, and the Gentiles that perhaps he's referencing here that, you know, some who were first his Mm -hmm. will now be last and some Mm -hmm. who have come last? Because Paul picks up on that, I think. Mm -hmm. I think so. Quite a bit. I think so. Yeah. The gospel going first to mm-hmm. the Jews, but then to the Gentiles, yes. because yeah. many of the Jews rejected it. Paul, right, would right. Say. right. So, yeah. 
Wow. It's the whole upside down rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. The upside down kingdom. Yeah. The great reversal. The great (laughs) reversal. I like that. Is that a book? Um, I actually got that from my study Bible. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I quoted That's a good it. One. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they call it. A... The Great Reversal. <laughs> oh, that's a commentary. Good, that's, a, that's a good word. That's a good word. Well, let me ask you this: in our final sprint, why would you encourage someone to read the passage that we just went through? Concerns for eternal destiny. It's mm-hmm. heavy material. It's important material. Um, guides us in sharing the gospel with others, gives us Mm. some urgency. And also for for me, one thing about this passage, it's reminded me not to leave out an emphasis on repentance when I share the gospel. I I think I've been remiss in that, sharing the gospel, talking about what Jesus did, but not really going into repentance very frequently. And and he seemed to do that. So urgency, need to touch on repentance. Great, thank you, David. Leslie? It encouraged me to um, stay focused. There's that that focus again, mm. but um, I I wrote to stay focused with urgent determination on Christ and doing His will. And so I think like my encouragement to fellow Christians would be just that. Right. Stay focused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Focused on the run the race. Yeah. Um, yeah. With with purpose, don't lose focus on all this other yeah. stuff, yeah. and um, and have that try to have that balance of grace and truth, like David was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's well, the the hard truth that that's in here, but also the encouraging part of um, he doesn't want anyone to perish. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, for me, I think I would encourage others or myself where there's a need for humility relative to my present circumstances, Mm. that if I am richly blessed and or I am suffering, there's not, God's not saying there's a direct correlation. There may be consequences from something I did, but Mm. there's not this correlation of my godliness. And then I think the urgency around the narrow door reminds me that in our small groups, in our ministries, uh, that we sometimes should begin with the with the statement, I don't want to assume all of us in here have confessed and believe in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. Good point. And sort of makes that make that sort of an understanding. So well fantastic. Hey, thanks so much for joining the Thank table. You. David, yeah. good to be back. Leslie, thanks. Good to see you. Yeah. Thanks again for uh your leadership and moms in prayer and we'll mm-hmm. continue to pray That's for right. and Thank you. may that be a blessed time honoring God in our community. Thank you. And each of you, thank you for joining us. We look forward to joining in next week. We'll be in Luke chapter 14, and it won't be Dear Abby, but we're going to be talking about table manners. Have a blessed (laughs) week, folks.